Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. Our lives are filled with little routines that we constantly go through day in and day out to keep ourselves organized, put together, and sane. Sometimes something truly unexplainable happens, and suddenly our eyes are open to the possibility that our ordinary lives aren't what it may seem. Today's episode is loaded with stories that had their tellers entirely confused and completely shocked about their own lives. From ghostly thieves to glitches in the matrix, these stories will have you questioning your own life and what may or may not be normal. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story comes from Unique Pickle 3951 who stepped off a literal elevator into the Twilight Zone. So I don't really know if this qualifies as paranormal or not, but it seems like an experience this community might be able to provide answers to. A few years ago, as a college senior, one of the classes I needed was no longer offered at the main campus. So for one semester, I had to drive around 45 minutes to one of the campus branches to take the class. I had never been to the branch before, and when I entered the building that my class was in, I could not find the classroom for the life of me. It was supposed to be on the second floor, but I was walking around everywhere looking for stairs or an elevator and couldn't find one. After an embarrassing long time, I found an elevator in a place where I was sure I had just walked and there hadn't been one before. And I got on and pressed floor two. Now, I should say that overall the building was not that big and there weren't many elevators or places to get lost. So, as I said, I pressed floor two and rode up. When the doors opened, there was nothing but a huge storage room. And yes, I am sure I pressed two and felt it go up. Confused, I got out and walked around looking for a hallway or something, but it was nothing but a big storage room. So I got back on the elevator and went down to floor one, got back in and pressed two again. This time the doors opened to a normal looking hallway and I found my classroom. There are only two floors to the building. When one of my classmates asked why I was so late to class, I explained what happened, and my professor who had worked there for years told me that a room like that doesn't exist in this building. I was really confused and said, well, I was just there. I walked around the room and everything, and he just said he had no idea what I could have possibly seen, and it never happened again. Does anyone know what the heck happened? This has always confused me to this day. It's like you experience the Tower of Terror ride at Disney World in real life. But in all seriousness, it really does sound like you somehow stepped into some other dimension or probably saw what that area used to look like before it became a school. I wonder if there is a history of the second floor being a storage area or something else. And who knows, maybe it's more mundane because you know some elevators have two exits, one that go to the back of the house and one to the front, so... I have no idea. Our next story comes from AZ Curly Girl, whose morning routine is disrupted by a thieving spirit. 
When I was in my late teens, I wore a pair of diamond stud earrings every day. At night when I got into bed, the last thing I would do is take out the earrings and place them on the nightstand beside me. Every morning when I woke up, the first thing I would do is put the earrings back on. One morning upon waking, the earrings were missing from my nightstand. I thought perhaps I'd accidentally knock them off and into the carpet. I searched the surrounding carpet inch by inch for a week and never found them. My younger brother had a connection to the spirit world. We found this out by playing with the Ouija board as kids. I'm as big a skeptic as they come. I believe in math and science and providing proof. It took a long time for me to believe he was actually communicating with a spirit. For many years, us siblings and our friends would beg my brother to ask questions of the spirit we called good at the spirit's request. He was so bored with the whole thing, he would watch TV while we eagerly asked question after question and received replies in whole sentences. Over a year passed since my earrings were lost. It was summertime and I was on school break. I woke up late in the morning and everyone was out of the house except me. I went downstairs, made breakfast, and settled in to watch TV. My brother called. He was at his girlfriend's house. He explained Good told him to call and tell me to go look at my pillow. The rings were there. I asked, what rings? I don't wear rings. He said, that's all he knows. It had been less than an hour since I woke up and I was alone in the house the whole time. Where I was sitting, I had direct line of sight of the front door. It was impossible for anyone to have come in or out, let alone gone upstairs to my room without me hearing or seeing them. I hung up the phone and went to my room. There in the center of my pillow where my head was laying less than an hour before were the earrings that had been missing for over a year. I immediately called my brother back. I told him to ask Good where these came from. Good told him he had taken them. I asked why and Good said he thought they were shiny and pretty. Suddenly realizing I was all alone in the house with a spirit who could manipulate objects, I ran out of the house completely freaked out and wouldn't return until someone else was home. Honestly, I'm not sure if I should be spooked or endeared. I mean, it's kind of cute to think that a spirit took your earrings just because they thought they were shiny and pretty. I don't blame you for running out, but hopefully you can come to some sort of agreement with good about not touching your things or even scaring you. I used to do that when I was little. Whenever somebody would pass away, I would go to their gravesite or be in the funeral home and I would say out loud, listen, so-and-so, I love you, but I don't want to see you. So you can let me know you're there. I just don't want to see you. So maybe that's some kind of agreement you need to have with good. I found that they're usually pretty receptive to those kinds of requests if they're, you know, good. Terra na Esquina Pod tells us our next story about a Brazilian urban legend and how they live to tell the tale. This happened when I was younger, but still scares me and my dad a lot. We don't know what happened. I'm from the south of Minas Gerais in Brazil. My uncle has a spare parts store and he needed to go to Sao Paulo to buy some things. 
he didn't know Sao Paulo well enough, so he asked my father to go with him, since he used to go to Sao Paulo quite often, and I tagged along. On March 25th, after a long day walking on one of the busiest streets of Sao Paulo, we stopped at an Arabic restaurant so I could go to the restroom and eat something. I am 26 now, but at that time I was about 8 or 10. We entered the restaurant, my dad took me to the restroom and waited for me from the outside. When I came out of the restroom, I was in a completely different place. I was in the lobby of an old, tall building. W, what the F was going on? So I went back, shut the door, and tried to go back out again. Nothing. Same place, the lobby. I was creeped out. I didn't know what to do. I think I tried to go back into the bathroom and out into the restaurant about three times. I don't know if it was a trick of my mind, but I remember seeing a man, a receptionist, sitting on a chair. I tried to talk to him to tell him about what was going on, but he didn't answer me. I decided to go to the street and look for the restaurant. I was tempted to cross the street and believe that if I had, I probably wouldn't be here. I kept to the sidewalk, turned left, and walked a little more and reached the restaurant. Some details are a bit blurry in my head, like the moment I left the bathroom and how I ended up at the restaurant again. I don't know if I lost time or if time was sped up. My father says that I came out from a different hallway and from the wrong side because the door of the restroom was on the side my father was looking at when he saw me. I found the restaurant and some pics from the inside, but it seems like a normal entrance to the restroom. Nothing complex or hard to access. I don't know if I was in Sechia Lame, which is a Brazilian urban legend about dark parallel universes, also known as Seven Beyond, or if there was a glitch in the matrix. The restaurant is called Raful and is a popular place in Sao Paulo. I also looked on Google Maps to find the building, but nothing looks familiar. I cannot believe we got two parallel universe stories in one episode. Glitches in the Matrix are honestly one of the creepiest experiences and one of my favorite things to read on Reddit. You really think you're living a normal life when something unexplainable shakes up the foundation of your very existence. It's even weirder that you can't remember parts of the journey through the other dimension, but I hope you can rest assured that you're not crazy since your father was also there to experience your return. Our next story comes from Spicy X Peach, who tells us a chilling tale about Grandma's house. Back when I was around 13 years old, I was spending the night at my grandma's and also had to help watch my two cousins. I think they were around seven and four years old at the time. I've always hated being in that house. Granted, both of my grandparents have depression and the house in general is filled with dusty antiques and lack sunlight. So those factors could definitely play into the negative energy. Regardless, I've always hated the overall vibe of that house. Even when I was a child or teen, 
I always picked up on the feeling that something just wasn't right. I felt like I needed to watch my back if I was alone, and I would often get a sense that I was being watched. That night, my two cousins were acting up and weren't going to bed. I was laying on the couch, facing towards the kitchen. My grandparents live in a trailer home, so I could also see directly down the hall, the doorway of my grandparents' room and the bathroom. I was just kind of staring off into space and waiting for the kids to tire themselves out and fall asleep when I saw a tall shadow figure move across the hall from my grandpa's bedroom to the bathroom. I was so scared, but I didn't want to freak out my little cousins, so I turned my back away from the kitchen and squeezed my eyes shut, refusing to look back in that direction and prayed I would fall asleep until my seven-year-old cousin asked, who is that man over there? Is that grandpa? I wanted to panic so badly, but I purposely acted very dismissive and quickly said, no, but it's time to go to bed. They fell asleep soon after. When I first saw the shadow, I thought I might've been seeing things, but to have my seven-year-old cousin see a figure without me mentioning anything beforehand confirmed what I saw. It really shook me. I also am certain the figure was not my grandfather. The figure looked to be around six and a half feet tall and slender, while my grandfather is only around six feet with more of a heavier build. I also asked him and my grandma if they got up in the middle of the night that night, and they both said no. While I am not 100% certain as to what I saw, and am open to alternative explanations, this experience definitely still lingers in my mind. That is super creepy. While it's difficult to really explain what you saw without a history of the location, I could also agree with you about the negative energy possibly drawing entities to the house. Sometimes our own energy and emotions can cause spiritual manifestations like poltergeist activity, and even though that's more associated with younger people, this entity could have been there for a long time and simply feeding from that negative emotion. Our final story comes from Ventilock, who has a lot to say about their sister's farmhouse. Let me start by saying I've always been a huge skeptic, which is honestly why I had totally forgotten about these experiences. When these things initially happened, I was driving myself crazy trying to come up with a rational explanation, and when I couldn't, I essentially arrived at the conclusion, well, there must be an explanation, I just don't have the answer, and I forced myself to move on. However, a friend of mine is really into this stuff, and we got to talking about weird experiences and these memories came flooding back to me. I still don't really know what I believe, but I figured it would be fun to share regardless. I have a number of odd stories, which maybe I'll share at some point, but for now, I'm going to just tell you about the experiences I had in my sister's old farmhouse. 
I'll tell you the events chronologically as they happened, which also happens to be in order of least convincing to, I don't know how the F to explain that. About 13 years ago, my sister moved into a new farmhouse. It was a cute place, nestled amongst rolling meadows and thick forest. It was way out in the deep countryside, and despite being so far out, there was really nothing inherently creepy about the home or the property. But I remember when my whole family went to visit for the first time, the second I stepped foot in the entryway, I was hit with an overwhelmingly eerie feeling. I tend to have very strong gut feelings about things, and I've learned over the years to listen to my instincts, but I had no idea what I was supposed to make of this feeling. It was like there was a thick fog of something hanging in the air. I remember looking around at my family, all laughing and chatting away, but it was like something was trying to pull my attention away from the conversation. It wasn't scary or negative, just very eerie. I wish I could explain it better. Several months later, I began working at my sister's, watching her kids while she was away at work. For the most part, things were uneventful and I didn't feel any weird vibes anymore. However, I began experiencing sleep paralysis there when I had never experienced such a thing before. I didn't even know what sleep paralysis was. I would lie down for a quick nap whenever the kids were taking their naps and wake up totally frozen and hallucinating a shadowy figure that would make items in the room float about. The shadow figure would usually be crawling on the ceiling. I never really felt like it was malicious, but it definitely felt poltergeisty, the way it would make the items float around. It felt like it was trying to spook me, but not too much of that makes sense. These dreams obviously really freaked me out at first, but I was able to brush it off as just dreams and my mind messing with me. However, one such episode really effed with me so badly, I never took naps there again. It was just me and my nephew who was just old enough that he was starting to climb and pull himself up on things. I set him down for a nap in his crib and went downstairs to lie down on the couch. The living room couch was located directly under his bedroom and there was a small vent in the ceiling that led directly to his bedroom floor. You could see into his room if you were looking up through the vent and you could hear everything very clearly. So I always felt comfortable closing my eyes while he slept because I could hear him when he woke up. I was starting to drift off when I heard this loud bang come from upstairs. It was so loud and forceful it shook the whole house. Immediately following the bang, I hear my nephew screaming bloody murder. If you know kids, you know the difference between a fussy cry and a hurt cry. This was a hurt cry. All I can think is that he must have woken up, tried climbing out of his crib, tipped it over, and now his head is cracked open or he has a broken arm. I try to run after him, but I'm totally frozen, and the shadow figure is standing at the foot of the couch, watching me. All I can do is listen to my nephew helplessly wailing in pain. I'm absolutely panicking. Tears are streaming down my face as I'm trying to call up to him. I remember trying to say, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to come, sweetie. I'll be there soon. Please hold on. We'll be okay. I eventually forced myself to move. I found trying to kick my legs usually snapped me out of paralysis, and I bolted upright. Everything went silent. No more crying. No more shadow person. 
I still ran like hell upstairs. I burst open his bedroom door and there he was, peacefully sleeping. I genuinely believed all of that really happened. I was shaking and felt sick to my stomach having believed just a moment ago that I was responsible for my nephew getting seriously injured. But it was all a dream. Truthfully, these experiences were probably just dreams. But I know some people believe sleep paralysis episodes have a paranormal connection. Regardless, that experience was so real to me that it was enough to convince me never to nap while I was there again. Now, this is the first truly WTF experience I had. I totally blocked this from my memory until recently because it was just too weird for me. I was alone at my sister's place farm sitting for her one weekend. Her and the kids were gone and it was just me. My sister had completed a huge puzzle that she had set on her kitchen table. I was chilling there in the evening watching TV in the living room when I decided to grab a snack. I walked into the kitchen, which was right next to the living room, and I see in the middle of the floor, about five feet from the table, a single puzzle piece. I don't think much of it. I figured one of the kids was probably messing with the puzzle before they left. So I picked it up and see there's a place missing right from the center of the puzzle. I pop it back in place, grab my snack, and head back to watch more TV. Some time passes and I head back into the kitchen for something else. And lo and behold, there's another puzzle piece, right smack dab in the center of the kitchen floor, again. Now I'm questioning my sanity. It was right in the same place as the one I found earlier. There's no way I would have missed it if there were two pieces on the floor. I would have seen them both, so this time I very deliberately pick up the piece off the floor, walk over to the table, and once again, I see there's a piece missing right in the center of the puzzle. I put the piece back in the spot and take stock of this puzzle. I confirm all pieces are put in place. Feeling satisfied, I head back into the living room and try to forget about the puzzle. It was starting to get late, so I decided to get ready for bed. I got up to go to the bathroom, which meant walking through the kitchen. And yep, you guessed it. The puzzle piece was on the floor again in the center of the floor five feet from the table. I felt like I was losing it. I had no idea what to do or what to make of this situation. I was starting to question reality. And so I actually yelled out as sternly as possible, whoever keeps messing with this puzzle, please stop. My sister worked really hard on that. I felt totally silly. I didn't believe in ghosts and now here I am telling a ghost to F off. There was no way I was going to be able to sleep now, so I turned on all the lights and cranked up the TV volume and stayed up as late as I could. Nothing else happened that weekend, which came as a relief, but also made me question reality even more. I mean, did yelling at a ghost actually work? There had to be a logical explanation, but I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Alright, here's the last thing I remember happening that gave me chills. I was watching my niece and nephew, six and four at the time, one evening, and I was getting them ready for bed. I parked my niece in front of the TV in the living room while I took my nephew to the other side of the house to bathe and get him dressed for bed. After his bath, I brought him into my sister's room where all her clean laundry was to get his PJs. As I was getting him dressed, 
He's looking out the window directly behind me that faces out into the backyard play area. And he says, who are those kids on our trampoline? That was a pretty creepy thing to hear when you're in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere at night. But I didn't think anything of it. I just figured he's being a typical kid and using his imagination, so I'd just play along. Oh, I don't know, I can't see them. What do they look like? I ask. It's a tall boy and a little girl. They shouldn't be on the trampoline. Mom is going to get mad that they're here. At this point, I'm noticing how upset my nephew is about this. He doesn't seem to be playing make-believe. He genuinely seemed confused and upset. So I ask him, are you sure you're not just seeing our reflection in the window, buddy? But he was insistent that he wasn't talking about our reflection, and he seemed very frustrated that I couldn't see the kids he was talking about. I didn't know what else to say, so I reassured him that I'd tell the kids to go home after he went to bed, and I ushered him back to the living room to watch TV while I took my niece back for her bath. It's important to note that the living room is at the opposite end of the house from my sister's room. There's no way my niece overheard my nephew and I talking while she was in the living room watching TV. But I shit you not, after her bath when I brought her into my sister's room to get dressed, she immediately scrunched up her face and asked, Who's that outside? I'm low-key shitting myself right now, but I'm trying to hold it together so I ask her what she means. Those kids outside on the trampoline, the boy and girl. I just say, I don't know, but I'll tell them to go home. Don't worry about it. I get her dressed in record time and hustle back to the living room as fast as possible. Another important note is my niece was born with disabilities and her ability to play pretend or use her imagination was not really developed at that age. We'd try to get her to use imaginative play, but she just didn't get it. She is a very serious and literal kid. I don't believe for a second this is something my nephew put her up to or anything of that sort. This gave me the creeps so badly I had forced it out of my mind until recently. The next time I see my niece and nephew, I'll have to ask them if they remember this at all because I'd be very curious to hear their side of the story now that they're older. I'll have to ask my sister for her experiences too. I remember her mentioning weird happenings, but I wasn't interested in entertaining the idea that there was anything paranormal, so I never encouraged her to share. I guess I'm more open to these things now, so I'll be sure to ask her and I'll share if she has anything worth passing on. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed the story. Okay, wow, that house has a lot of activity going on and it was not afraid to show you as much as it could. I'm curious if you're just sensitive to the paranormal and you didn't know it, or if the house sits on a site that carries history or some type of energy. I definitely will be eager to hear and I think our listeners will be eager to hear if your sister and her kids remember anything after all this time. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance by Olivia Holmesley and Jesse Hawk. Writing assistance by Sherilyn Reyes. The official composer for the show is Nico at We Talk of Dreams. 
Check them out on Twitter at WeTalkOfDreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that?